Pacific Gem Podcast, Episode 6. Welcome to Fig Gem Podcast episode six. Today we're going to be talking all things emotion management, in particular in relation to anger. So I'm going to be talking about a concept that was initially proposed by Dan Siegel. And for those of you who are in the social work, community services or um, psychology type fields, you absolutely would have heard of Dan. He writes a lot of books and literature around Um, emotion management not only in adults but also in children so that's one of his big focuses and he talks about um, how we can help our children manage their emotions and understand that and I think that some of the analogies that he uses really is good to pull into our adult world as well Um, and one of the the key things we're going to be talking today about is flipping your lid so when you're really angry and you just totally flip out What does that look like? Why does that happen? How can we control it better? Because we all do it and it's not like we're never angry in our lives. Um, If you are interested in reading about um, Dan Siegel, one of his really famous books, which I found very, very interesting with some of the perceptions that I already had is called The Whole Brain Child. So I absolutely would recommend that you go check that one out if you're interested. Um, But in either case, we're going to keep moving on and we're going to talk about flipping our lids. So I'm just going to explain this analogy really, really quickly for you. So in our brain, we have three distinct parts to our brain. So we have the base brain. I'm going to not use scientific language because I don't know it, Um, but we have the base brain. So the bit that is like um, the brain stem and all of those sort of bits that helps us to um, do all of our stuff we don't know about. So our breathing, our heart beating, um, our, all of those sort of things that just happen with, that we don't actually control and we don't cognitively think about. So that's the base brain. And I want you to imagine that you have your hand next to you, right? Look at your hand, have your palm facing open and facing you. And your base brain is going to be symbolized by the, um, the wrist, right? So we're going to symbolize our base brain as our wrist. Then on top of our base brain, we then have our emotional brain and that's the next bit up in our brainstem is our emotional brain so it um does our instincts it does our emotions and it does our um like hunting stuff that we would have had when we were um out in the wild and things so that's our next bit of brain and all animals in the world have pretty much these two parts of their brains then your four fingers, sorry, I forgot to tell you the analogy. So our thumb is going to fold into our palm for this part. Then we're going to get our four fingers that are sticking up and we're going to fold them over our thumb and create a little fist. So this fist is your brain. Those four fingers we've just folded over the top are symbolic of your cognitive brain. So when your cognitive brain is on, we're able to mediate and we're able to um, control our emotional brain and our our STEM brain if we really had to. But essentially, you want your cognitive brain on all the time so that we can be rational and logical and respond appropriately to our situations. Now, what happens when we get angry is that those four fingers, our cognitive brain starts to flip. 
And so that is when we call flipping our lid because then we're operating out of our emotional brain and our cognitive brain is disengaged. So when we're looking at people who in our lives, we all have a different background of trauma. We all have a different background of how we grew up or um, experiences we've had as adults. And so it's really important, I think, to mention at this point that your four fingers clasped over your thumb is a really functional adult who's had very little trauma, very little um, challenges in their life. And that is their brain. If you've had anything that kind of destabilizes your developmental phases, like, you know, if you um, had some childhood abuse that was really challenging and, and all those sort of things, what happens is that your cognitive brain doesn't sit very nicely over the top of your emotional brain and your lid is partially flipped almost all the time. Absolutely, you can do activities, exercises, therapy to help bring that lid back down. Um, but we just need to recognize that for some people that lid doesn't look fully shut. It's sometimes half open already. And so that's why we see these really huge reactions when something that may not have been really a big deal to some of us um, happens. So, you know, it's like those days when um, you, everything's just going wrong and your lips, lid is slowly flipping all day and then all of a sudden you drop the milk out of the fridge and it goes everywhere and then you just go into a rage. Those sort of things are when your lid is already half up. So that's the analogy of flipping a lid and it's the one I'll probably keep coming back to throughout our chat today just because I think it's so important for us to look at the neuroscience of how our brain works to a really minor extent so that we can understand how um, anger and emotions work for us in particular. So when we have situations that make us really angry, usually that's going to be because we don't feel it's fair or we don't feel it's right or we um, feel like it's not going to what we believe and what we understand. So I really want you to understand in this case that our anger is absolutely a construct. So I'm really good at getting angry all the time um, about different things and really frustrated, um, but it's about how we manage that. So we're, those feelings are going to happen when we feel like things aren't going to what we have an idea of. And we just need to work out how we can best manage our situation to be able to understand that anger and channel it in a really positive way. So anger, I'm going to say, is a construct of our own context, perception and experience. So you're, when you feel angry, have a think about it. Have a think about the last time you felt angry. What did you do? How, how did it make you feel physiologically? Did your fists clench up? Did your jaw go really tight? Did you get all tense? Did you get all relaxed? What did that actually feel like? And think about then how that affected the rest of your day. Outside of the things that made you angry, did that actually have an impact? Did you process that anger appropriately internally to make sure that you could be 100% with whatever the next task or activity was that you were doing in that day? For a lot of people, that's a really hard thing to do and I even struggled with it for a, for a number of years. So um, please don't think that you need to do it in five minutes because understanding just how you're feeling when you're feeling angry, if knowing how your emotions affect your body can be a really tough thing initially 
as well. So take this one slow and don't um, push yourself too hard. But understanding how you're physiologically feeling when you're angry and then understanding how that affects your day can be really helpful. One of the things that I've spoken about it in um, the the this negative self-talk um, podcast I did earlier is about how we can externalize some of the negative emotions and externalize some of the, the stuff that we're experiencing to try and not have as much of a really negative impact. Um, so you could do a similar thing here. So you could look at externalizing the anger. So looking at, okay, what what happens in my life that means that anger comes, that anger is drawn to me. So what happens to make anger drawn to me? So when we talk about that, we're not trying to pitch some newfangled idea of that anger is this outside thing. But if you can work out what happens in your life to cultivate the anger, you'll be able to work out what happens in your life to get the anger to go away. So the follow-up question to that is, so we're asking, you know, what happens in my life that attracts anger to me and what happens in my life that pushes anger away? And both of those statements are so powerful for you to ask yourself because what you're doing is you're checking in with yourself about how you're feeling and you're recognizing the emotions, you're externalizing the emotions. You could make them little characters if you want. You can make anger a little lobster or something, or you can make it um, a, I don't know, <laughs> like a car. And you could ask them to go away and you can look at what they brought with them. So you understanding those things will be really powerful in you shaping how you respond. And you can do that with any emotion. Like I'm using anger as our basis for today because we're talking about flipping our lids. But um, you can absolutely use that analogy with any of the negative emotions you may experience on a day-to-day basis. It's absolutely not exclusive to just have um, anger as your as your externalization. So if you're feeling really sad, really depressed or um, upset about something, you could then think about what happens to make that sadness come into my life and what happens to make that sadness leave my life. So you can absolutely um, acknowledge it with everything. And I sometimes find it useful to use that also with positive emotions, not necessarily um, to ask when it leaves, but more so to ask what happens when it comes. So how does that happen? What does that look like? How do I feel? All of those sort of things. So you can absolutely use it for positive and negative emotions. It's not mutually exclusive to one or the other. So it's a pretty powerful tool to use if you are experiencing some of this these emotions that make you just absolutely lose it. So coming back to our analogy of um, flipping our lid, we want to make sure that our our lid is often mediated, our emotional brain is mediated by our cognitive brain a lot of the time. But as I said earlier, there is some times when you will be in a situation and it will make you so angry. It'll make you so, oh, you will just get so frustrated about what is going on. And that cognitive brain is going to totally flip and totally get out of it. When that happens, you may think that you're really driving a point home. You may think that I am right. I know this. I'm going to argue my point. I'm going to get it across. It's going to be the best. But no, I'm going to tell you right now that is not the case. You, When you flip your lid, you're actually perceived in a totally different way. 
they don't under other people don't understand what's going on below the surface and oftentimes they don't understand why you're so angry particularly if you are really angry about for example that spilt milk example i gave a little earlier people could be like why are you so angry about this this isn't a big deal and for you that was the final straw that flipped your lid but for them they don't know that so flipping your lid makes you seem a little bit irrational sometimes and or over the top and other people just don't get that and they don't something by and large, a lot of our population are really bad at um, under, like asking the why question. So why is this happening? What is going on? Um, and that is a real big barrier to our understanding of how other people act emotionally. So keep that in mind if you're going to flip your lid. So I thought we'd talk about what are some ways, what do we want to do when we flip our lid? How do we what what is the goal so if you are someone who flips their lid or if you know someone who flips their lid um you what the goal of this is going to be to re-engage our cognitive brain because if we can re-engage our cognitive brain we can realign with what we're trying to say so we're going to be able to cognitively process rationalize be logical if our cognitive brain's engaged if it's not engaged we're not going to be able to do it. On the flip side to this, it also means that if our cognitive brain's not engaged, we're not ready to listen to anything that's rational or logical. So if you are in that space where you're so angry and everything is not going your way and you just want to lash out and you're only responding from your emotional brain, you need to do something that re-engages your cognitive brain. Or someone else needs to help you re-engage your cognitive brain. Because without your cognitive brain, you actually won't be open to anyone else helping you. You won't be open to listening. You will just be raging. And all emotions, and that's it. Some of the things that I think will be really helpful for you to re-engage that cognitive brain. And things that I've helped me, if I'm flipping my lid is some grounding techniques. So mindfulness really perpetuates a lot of these grounding ideas where we can ground ourselves to make sure that we're actually um, in the moment. And it's really good for anxiety. It's really good for anger. It's really good for um, if you're in a really upset state. So essentially what it, all it would mean would be closing your eyes, or if you can, or if you can't, that's fine, but finding five things you can see five things you can feel, five things you can smell, five things you can hear. So just simply by doing even one of those will help you connect with your surroundings, bring your emotion level down a little bit, and also reground yourself in the situation you're in. And even if that brings your lid down a little bit, you will then be able to think about how am I feeling? What is this feeling doing to my body physiologically, which is also another grounding technique. So how am I feeling in my shoulders? How am I feeling in my chest? How am I feeling in my stomach? How am I feeling in my hips? How am I feeling in my knees? How am I feeling in my legs? You can look at all of those things to help you try and ground because that will re-engage your cognitive brain. 
you also, if you know that this is something you do, you also might want to pre-plan some strategies that would help you be grounded. Because if you can pre-plan some strategies that can help you ground yourself, you will be able to then move through those flip your lid days even better. So whether that means that you need to, if you're flipping your lid, maybe it means you need to walk around in circles three times. (laughs) Or you need to, if you recognize that you're being very emotional, like you're operating only from your emotional brain, you need to go take five. Have a drink of water, whatever that is. So have some strategies ready to go if and when that does happen to you. The other thing is that you may not be the person who's flipping their lid. You may be there when someone else is. And that is a really hard place to be. So if you've already been doing this, I absolutely commend you. It's a really tough space to be in because you don't know if you're saying the right thing. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. It's all very um, challenging, that kind of situation. So if you are in a situation where someone else is flipping their lid, we need to remember that they are not operating from their cognitive brain. And that is one of the biggest things to remember when you're working with or talking with someone who is flipping their lid. We are not talking to someone who's thinking rationally or logically or productively about what's going on for them. We really are talking to someone who is emotionally driven and is absolutely so caught up in what's going on for them. So my first question to you is, do you think that it's going to be effective to try and reason with them and tell them why they shouldn't be angry right now. No, absolutely not. It would not be helpful. They would not be listening. They're not going to take it on. And in actual fact, they're probably going to get even more angry. So what we want to do in these contexts, if you ever find yourself in this situation, is to not actually say a lot because a lot of your words aren't actually going to go in. A lot of your words aren't going to make a difference, make a change, or even be able to communicate appropriately what you want them to communicate. You will want to help them ground themselves. Now, if you stand in front of someone and say, oh my God, listen to that bird, that's going to sound really strange, especially if they don't know the grounding techniques. So some of the ways you can help them ground is by emotional reflective state. So that's a really big word. Let's unpack that as to what it means. So we want to connect with their emotional brain and we want to reflect what their emotions are so that they can feel heard. Because if they feel heard and if they feel like their emotions are being validated and then they're not being dismissed, that level of anger or upset or sadness is going to decrease. And that's exactly what we want. So... You could say things like, you seem really angry right now. And they might yell back at you and say, of course I'm angry, blah, 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 blah. But at least they're talking. You could say, what happened before must seem really unfair. Or I know you're frustrated right now. It's really up to you as the person with them to be able to rationalize the emotion and identify the emotion and name that for them because if you're in that state where you were just so angry you can't even talk to anyone you can't even see anything 
you need someone to name whatever you're feeling for you. And that can be so helpful and powerful for people who are really experiencing that um, flipping their lid scenario. So in a nutshell, what have we done today? We talked about the flipping your lid analogy and how it aligns with your hand. So we had the wrist as your base brain. We then had the emotional brain as the thumb folded over the hand. And then we had the four fingers, the cognitive brain folded over that. We talked about how people have um, a closed, really functional cognitive brain. And if there is trauma or other things that have happened, the lid may flip a little bit before it fully flips. And that's why we say it was the final straw or things can push people over the edge. We talked about anger being a construct and that we want to externalize the anger if we can on any other emotion, because that will help us to identify where our feelings are coming from and how to mediate them when they do come to us. We talk about how others perceive us when we flipped our lid and why that always isn't helpful. And we also talked about strategies for if you're flipping your lid to help ground yourself and if someone else is, how to help ground them. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. If you are interested in anything else we have to offer, feel free to check out our website at www.figjamoz.com and or check out our socials at Figjamoz. Thanks for listening.